Hey, hey family. family. I'm Joanna. I'm Shannon. And I'm Father Edwin. And, and we're, we're just, just ordinary, ordinary Catholics. Catholics. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day, for the blessings that you have enriched our, us with, and we ask that you be with us during this episode and this, this recording. Through the intercession of Our Lady of Lords, may you also bring us closer to your Son in his healing, in his mercy, and in his love. We ask all this in your Son's most holy name. Amen. Amen. Hey, everybody at home. We are very excited to be joined today by a special guest. You couldn't already tell that that deep voice is not Shannon nor eyes. <laughs> <laughs> so we have with us today Father Edwin Cardona. Hey. Welcome. Happy to be here. Excited to be here. Yes. Happy that you're here. Thanks for coming out to our little corner of the diocese and for what Shannon and I like to call our little like coffee dates with um, people just to get to know other ordinary Catholics. And we've I never mean, had a celebrity before. We've never had a priest or any <laughs> other religious order. <laughs> I was going to say, I don't know, is is a priest considered an ordinary Catholic? I don't know. You know what? I was going to say that earlier, but I didn't want to be rude or <laughs> <laughs> you said it, not me. <laughs> Well, the only ordinaries are like the bishop, so like oh. I'm I'm still uh, <laughs> still part of the faithful, absolutely. Okay, so yeah, so cool, cool. I guess we'll just dive right in. I'm gonna ask the the big question: Did you always want to be a priest, or did you want to be like a doctor, a firefighter, or anything else? Just it was always priest. Uh, it's interesting because I I started thinking about priesthood when I was 17, when I was uh, a senior in high school. I hadn't thought about it before. Uh, before that. I think my aspiration was either to be a counselor, so I knew I wanted to help people. Um, my, I guess, like if if I had my way, I don't know. I always I was always a fan of uh, Nickelodeon, so like if I had ended up on a Nickelodeon show or like just <laughs> to be covered slime. in slime yeah. at one point <laughs> in my life, that would have been a dream come true. Um, but once the uh, priesthood started kind of milling around like my mind and my heart, like and you know the Lord placing that seed in my heart like through the help of my family parish priest uh seminarians meeting seminarians that's when i was like okay i gotta give this a shot like so that's so, so it started around that age it didn't get solidified maybe until like i'd say like the alligate like after after a few years in seminary because Thanks. i needed the tools to be able to discern and um discover that for myself so you were a few years into the seminary before you were like okay yep hundred percent this is what I want to do yeah for the most yeah. part like I mean they always want you to have some idea like that you want to be a priest right like because you get you can't just go in like hmm, still thinking about fun. it like yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um but you yeah you're given like a spiritual director you're given you know retreats and so many conferences on prayer and discernment and the language of discernment like that's for me I had a my every rector that I had helped me in a different way um, uh, Monsignor Michael Carruthers, he's the, he was the rec my first rector and he was big into Ignatian spirituality and discernment and discernment of spirits and giving us like just opportunities to talk about discernment in a free way, like with amongst ourselves, like without this pressure of like, do you know for sure? Or what are your inclinations? What are you feeling? Like piece together some of the thoughts or experiences that you've had that might be the Lord speaking to you. I feel like... Everybody needs that, whether you're going to be a priest or not. 
Yeah. Yeah. When you said retreats, I was like, oh, I'm jealous. How many retreats did you go on a year? We'd have to go. So once a year, we do like a maybe like a week, uh, seven days. But every once a month, we had like a daily day of recollection um, or monthly day of recollection where we would take a Friday night through to Sunday morning where we'd have speakers come in, give us retreats, um, give us conferences, time for prayer. They would be in silence. So they would be, for the most part, silent retreats. So like when you live with 100 guys and like you live in a dorm and (laughs) all of everybody's in silence, we'd have, you know, just awkward moments of they'd bring in like food, like in the common areas and everybody's like snacking on chicken wings like in silence and it's like <laughs> walking around the the campus in silence and finding wow. we never played basketball in silence and they didn't let us do that but you could <laughs> go to the gym and you're like just <laughs> you're sitting there by yourself just that was funny sorry but in total silence <laughs> You learn to communicate a lot with like your eyes, like, hey man, I need a spot. Like <laughs> oh. Well, as you know, I have four boys and so I live in a house just full of chaos and that just sounds like such a dream. Just have a couple hours of silence. Oh, I would love that. Yeah. I miss it too. I mean I miss it when yeah. I mean I could I could do it like on a day off or something, like just a desert day. Um, when I got to St. Vincent's, that's when they they try to give it, put it in our hands. Like, what are you going to do with the time that you that you have when you're a priest, right? When because our schedules are pretty much our own. Like, yeah. people fill our schedules up and like things that are part of the parish calendar. But for the most part, we do have you know free time. So how are you going to carve out some time for the Lord? And so they would schedule like you know weekends where it's like you guys have to find time for prayer, like find time for like you come to mass, you go to. They'd have like a reconciliation service, but that's it. I mean, no talks, no conferences, like just how do you structure your time? Um, so that was good practice. I'm so glad I'm grateful for that. Yeah, I feel like that should be something that everybody has to go through before they become an adult. <laughs> that's what I was yeah. saying. Like the whole when he was talking about like discerning and yeah. I'm like, man, all high schoolers and college kids need a period of discernment, whether they're going to be a priest or enter religious life or they want to be a doctor, whatever. Yeah. I feel like the world is so noisy and it's hard for young people to figure out what is Christ calling you to do. So that's why I was like, everybody needs that. Yeah. And I also liked, I've never heard the word desert day before. Mm. I really like that. I feel like maybe I'll try to. Yeah. I went to the beach by myself uh, right when the kids went back to school after being, like, home with me for six months. And I was like, I'm going to do this once a month. Never happened again. Because Like, every time I, like, I mean, life is noisy and busy. You yeah. inspired me. I'm going to try that. Yeah, me too. It could be a desert morning, yeah. you know, like, or afternoon. Like, there's, that's, that's how I kind of structure my day. Like, if I'm going to be busy in the morning, I've got appointments in the evening, that afternoon, like, is going to be for rest. It's going to be for exercise. It's going to be for prayer. Um, and just cause I know that's, I know myself, like I can't just yeah. kind of go through the day and expect things to happen. Like I got to schedule it. I have to, you know, use a timer, like make sure that I'm like being generous with the Lord too, with everything that he gives me. Um, so the time that I have and the chapel that's like right on in my backyard, like utilize those opportunities to, um, you know, what self care and for caring for my, 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 my own heart and my soul. So I'm sure as a priest, a lot of people are taking, you know, from your cup, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it dries up, for sure, yeah. for sure. And, and I don't want to give from, like, you know, that the little bottom brim. Like, I want to give from the overflow of the love that I'm receiving from prayer and from those experiences that, like, 
I'm being fulfilled. So that's, you know, I, I, my pastor, he's great about that. He's my, our staff, like they understand, you know, I, the people too, like whenever I'm not able to make appointments, like at a time that they, it's convenient for them. Like if it kind of conflicts with something that's important for me, like a doctor's appointment or even the gym, um, I go to a gym where they, if you don't, within the eight hours, like, before the class, if you don't cancel it, they charge you 12 bucks. Oh like it's an accountability. Like, and it's, you know, sure you go, yeah. yeah, to make sure you, you go. And like my same thing with like my, I, I see an acupuncturist and um, he's flexible. He understands um, he's Catholic and he knows my, my crazy schedule sometimes, but he encourages me. He's like, listen, if you could make sure this makes is a big rock for you this, like in your week, like fight for it, you know, because you need it. Like you, yeah. It's not for my sake. Like he gives me like a special discounts and stuff like that, just so that I, I could, you know, be able to afford the treatment. But he's amazing with like keeping me accountable for like yeah. you need to take care of yourself too. Like before yeah. you could take care of your flock, make sure you're fit and you're healthy and, um, yeah. you know, in a good place. I mean that's so important. I mean you do you care for so many people, and if you don't take care of yourself, then yeah nothing to give absolutely or i mean you you give something right but it just may not be as effective as it could be you know there's a there's a thing like mediocrity in the priesthood or just you know where you feel even untouchable or you feel like you're not you can't succumb to temptations or succumb to the unhealthy lifestyles or habits or attitudes that you know everybody is susceptible to like that's that's what i meant at the beginning like i'm part of the faithful too like that's i'm still like working on this holiness thing like i'm still on my way and uh just happens to be i'm like the one on the in the sanctuary but even then like i'm in the person of i'm in the person of christ in that moment right like i'm yeah. relying yeah. on a grace that's beyond me um in order to provide you know i, I got a parishioner on uh five o'clock sunday night sunday evening masses he uh he says thanks for the soul food today oh, nice. i was like yeah oh, dude I love that. I love that. <laughs> yeah so, yeah, so that's uh, part of my own, like, just uh, taking care of myself. I think that's important for us to, to know and, re- and remember, too, that, that you are a priest, but you're also a guy. A guy. <laughs> like, you're just, yeah. you're still an, an ordinary yeah. Catholic. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, no, like no, no. You have a schedule. And I, I think particularly for, like, I don't know, like elementary, middle, and maybe even some high schoolers, they think, oh, yeah, the priests, all they do is mass every day and mass on Sundays, and that's it. But there's so much more when you're talking about filling your schedule and, like, making time for certain things. I think, like, it's so much more than just mass every day. Could you, like, walk us through, like, what does an ordinary week look like for you? Like, what do you fill your schedule with? Yeah. So we um, at St. Charles, so I'm an associate down in St. Charles Borromeo in College Park, and we have our parish. It's not a very large parish. It's, a, it's about 700 families. Um, so wow. we have our daily mass. And then we have sometimes like events, like in especially the weekends, we have our obviously the Sunday masses. But then we have sometimes confessions and adoration, especially this coming with Lent. We try to amp up the confession times just to give people opportunities to celebrate the sacrament. And then we have our schools. So we have a parochial school, and then we have the high school, Bishop Moore Catholic High School um, and St. Charles Parochial School. So sometimes there's events at the school. Uh, Wednesdays we have the school mass, and then at 8.30 for the parochial school, 
and 9.30, we have the school mass at the high school. But because of the pandemic, we were not able to have, like, the whole school there. Like, we have grades. Like, one week it'll be middle school. Another week will be second and uh, third and fourth. And then in the high school, it might be sophomores, half of the sophomore class, half of the junior class. And then the rest of the class will be watching on Zoom. Um, so, so that's, you know, and then between that, just appointments and, um, like, for my personal stuff i mean the gym and um see my acupuncturist therapy like i see a therapist uh, every two weeks on the phone so it, i'm still on campus um and then with the we have our staff meetings at about every two weeks uh we schedule meals with the with my pastor and the seminarian we have a pastor your seminarian uh Ediel, and we'll schedule like a meal like on once a week just to either lunch or dinner, just to have some time together. And then the unexpected stuff, the hospital or the nursing home or, you know, confessions. I just uh, started, you know, sharing a business number with people. Like, so in case, like, it's like, because it's hard for, like, for me it to be in the office. Like, that's my, if I had, like, a, you know, something I'm working on, right? It's, like, just being in the office and being available, like, during, like, hours. Mm -hmm. Just because, like, sometimes the the how fluid my schedule can be like like can i really sit at a desk waiting for somebody to call me so like i was able to kind of put together some some funds to get a business number so i could you know be a little bit more on the go while so so people can reach me a little easier yeah i i totally understand and appreciate that it's I, I used to give my number out with youth ministry. Like mm. I was like, that's a slippery slope. Yep. I was <laughs> like, Definitely. here, you get my number and you get my number. And like all the teens had my number from when we would go to like rock the universe or something. All the parents had my number from when we went on summer camp and it's important for them to be able to communicate with me. But then like I would get calls at like 11 o'clock at night mm. or two o'clock in the afternoon on my day off. Or, I mean, all kinds of random calls and texts and I used to not care and answer them all the time but then it was like this is exhausting like yeah. I can't keep up with this so I also got a different number and so I'll give that when I go to camp I'm like all right parents here's my number and I'll just switch my card out for <laughs> the week of camp <laughs> <laughs> that's smart I mean and it's like you can't be able to meet everybody's needs or like sometimes it'll happen like where it's not that serious it's like hey just thinking of you but it's like an unknown number or like a number that you don't recognize. Right, and then you have to be like, new phone, who this? No. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, I appreciate the the kind gesture. But I like, pray for you. <laughs> I'll just give it like a thumbs up or something. Like, what, 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 what do you want from me? <laughs> it's like the, like I've learned like virtual or social media or like just anything online interactions, just very different from actual personal like, face-to-face -face interactions like you know i'm not gonna like it, if you're after mass right it's like hey father like can i talk to you for a second like hey like i'm not gonna tell you brb or like you know yeah. like i'll talk like to you in a second or like red. left on red like <laughs> father ignored me and like looked the other way like <laughs> but then people online like that's how they react like they take things personal or they they don't like you know they expect that you know you're gonna be glued to the screen like waiting for them to respond or so yeah, it's a it's a way for me to kind of keep a boundary too. Yeah, uh, yeah. Which yeah. boundaries are important. Yeah. I feel like in any kind of ministry life, whether it's like I don't know, working for the church as a youth minister or as mm -hmm. a priest or mm -hmm. anything, you know. 
Yeah. Sometimes I'll get if messages come through on Instagram and I know that I, I can, you know how they like give you the preview and I'm like, mm. Ooh, I am, I don't have the time to answer this. So I'm not even going to open it right now because yeah. they, you know, you, they can see if you've opened it. And I'm also really bad. If I open it and don't respond right away, I'll forget. And then I feel terrible when I remember three days yeah, later. Yeah, you leave me on red all the time. I do, <laughs> do I do not. Just kidding. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> but you know that because I have read receipts on for only mm-hmm. you. Yeah. Oh, I feel so special. You're the only one I have read receipts on for. Anyway. That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> So what is your absolute favorite thing about being a priest? I love preaching. I love preaching. I, I didn't, I wasn't really good at it in seminary. So I went to St. Vincent de Paul Regional Seminary in Boynton Beach. And so when I was there, they were starting to like really solidify a preaching program. Um, homiletics from the time you're second theology all the way through your time as a deacon until graduation. So you're they give you the first year just to kind of get used to like the academics and kind of get some of the systematics out of like not out of the way but like where you're you're learning about scripture you're learning about the sacraments like just basics like about theology and then they really ramp it up in or um in second theology where you you're starting to like okay how do you integrate all these things that you're learning in classes and like experiences that you've had in prayer um your own study of the scriptures and then preach it, preach it in a language that's accessible and that's relatable to people and keep it within eight minutes. So <laughs> it, it takes work. It takes a lot of work to like, you go from planning and writing out your homilies to actually preaching in front of your classmates. And then, you know, once you're a deacon, you're doing it on a regular basis, at least at the seminary and then also at the parish. And so all that training, like even though, I was real nervous about preaching in front of my classmates, just like the judgment from their eyes or, you know, did I, did I really expound <laughs> on this point? Just thinking about it. Yeah. So it's like, for me, I was like, let me just do it. Cause I know this is going to be good for me. And like, it was, it was probably one of my favorite classes because it was the one that gave me a good measuring stick of like where I'm at, you know, like the feedback from my classmates or the feedback from my professors, like it helped me to see like, and this, and you preaching can, you can always improve on. Right? Like you can always be much more, um, I guess, like direct and like uh, be able to utilize that time because that's the time that you have with people, like where people yeah. are really paying attention to what you're saying. Yeah. Those 10 minutes once a week, like it's crucial. Right. Like and then the daily masses, like I, I don't preach for that long. But so, yeah, I'd say preaching is one of my favorites just because it gives me a way to, you know, not just express my thoughts or like my opinions. It's like I've never that's not my platform. Right. My, that's an opportunity to expound on like what are the scriptures communicating this week and how can you apply that to your life apply it to like your family life your, your work life or yeah. you know I've, I've preached like with the high schoolers like your life in school um i don't i don't, I don't pretend to think that you know that people are going to be whistling that homily on the way out of the, out of the church but maybe like if it captured they could capture one thing or like an, an engaged or triggered a memory or something that somebody, another priest said, I'm happy. Like that they're at least were engaged in those like brief moments. Um, and then like confessions and uh, reuniting of the sick. I love weddings. I do a lot of wedding prep. I've got about about 12 couples that I'm prepared for marriage right now. Wow. Yeah. That's awesome. From the Spanish community and like, you know, from the, a lot of our, uh, 
you know, recently engaged from like the holidays. So yeah, that's, those are yeah, some of my. Well, you just listed four sacraments. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and that's, and that I mean, that's the blessing of it. It's like, that's what I've been, you know, called to do. Right? Yeah. To, to exercise that, that ministry that is going to give people life, you know? Um, I truly believe in that, you know, we're, we're all created for holiness and we're all created for love and created for, um, to be with God. And so like, if I could give people just access to that, like that's, I'm not the gatekeeper of the, the sacraments, Jesus is right. And like, and the more I, I grow in imitation of him, like he was so like generous and like open hearted and open handed with like everything that the father gave him. Right? like, I got nothing to like keep from anybody. Right. So that's, that's, it's hard for me to, to, to say no to a confession. Like, cause that's, that's going to be like kind of on my conscience. Right. Like, Oh yeah. Did I deny somebody <laughs> like grace in that moment? You know, like, because I needed to like go work out. Like <laughs> that's a $12. <laughs> that's worth the 12 bucks right there. You know, <laughs> $12 or 12 years in purgatory. Yeah, no, actually, absolutely. <laughs> so, <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Those I'm are the kidding. decisions that I <laughs> sometimes I have to go through. So yeah. Oh man. Yeah. How do you? Are you a millennial? Yeah. Okay, that's that's kind of what I thought. So how do you, particularly with the pandemic when mass wasn't happening, are you finding like as a millennial priest, are you preaching in different ways? Because I mean, I know that you're on Instagram and you're pretty mm -hmm. active on it too. Like, yeah have those been platforms that you've been able to share the gospel or ha like I made a switch at some point. I think it was during the pandemic where I was like, I'm tired of being a spectator on social media. What I mean is just like, just scrolling, just liking, you know, posts or engaging with other creatives or, you know, just following my favorite, like, you know, sports players or like actors or something like, let me engage with like the, the community that I have there, like the people that I engage with, like, you know, pretty regularly. And mm -hmm. let me share some, some things from the scriptures or, um, share other people's reflections or their other people's like, you know, their, their own gifts. Um, that's how I found you guys, like you, you two on, on, on Instagram. So just being able to share, uh, just good content, wholesome content, content that's going to like help people to, you know, see their faith in a more practical, like, um and engaging way uh and then with the pandemic like understanding that people's sensibilities are heightened because they're either anxious or they're embarrassed because they lost their job or they're afraid of losing their parents or their grandparents or their children like putting their children at risk so yeah the the tone is different right the message has always been the same oh right? yeah it's like sure. it's just like the tone and the delivery and the the compassion the understanding like that's that's definitely something you adjust to um with the circumstances and understanding too it's like i was kind of losing my way too like just not having the same access to my congregation as i you know yeah my first year of priesthood compares to my second right it's like in my second like it was well, my first year it was like i was all over the place i was like celebrating masses going to different traveling and being able to have all these beautiful experiences of priests and then second year i'm like i'm at home like on my recliner trying to figure out like i gotta pre i gotta celebrate mass to a to a lens and to like an online community 
and not having that same you know engagement that's uh it was tough it was tough like on me mentally and so my habits changed and like i had to make a switch and it's like i can't keep doing this like it's gonna affect my my ministry it's gonna affect my life like my health so so yeah it I learned from my mistakes. I was able to kind of come out of that hole. And, and I see that there's people that might still be in that hole where they're still trying to f- figure out like how to best, you know, um, be the best version of themselves in the midst of this. Yeah. How, how do you grow in faith when, you know, it's either, right. either mass wasn't happening and the sacraments weren't like available, you know, through a quick phone call or a text to set up an appointment or like, you know, even now, if there are people who just don't feel safe enough coming to Mass, mm-hmm. you know, because maybe somebody's at risk in their family or something. It's kind of yeah. like a bit of an identity crisis, right? It's like, are we ah. Catholic because of, you know, my friends that go to Mass or because of my community or because I belong to the Knights or Knights Columbus or CCW or my youth group or, you know, my, you know, whatever, like, ownership you have of your parish or ownership you have of your community like, yeah, there's going to be times where that's stripped away and we've learned that. And then it's like, what do I, like, I, I'm still Catholic. I still belong to the Catholic, like Catholic church. I'm still like practicing my faith as best as I can. Um, but ultimately like it's your faith. It's like the faith that we have to nourish and continue to, to feed. Um, and what it comes down to, right. It's like the relationship with Jesus, like that intimacy that you share with him. And so if you're not experiencing that intimacy, in mass or in your, you know, your ministries or your preaching, like, then it kind of gives you a reason to reflect and take a step back and say, it's like, yeah, I was going through the motions or I was just like settling for just a routine, but not really experiencing the Lord in a new way. Yeah. Especially, uh, you know, growing up my whole life, it's, you get this, oh, mass is the holy day of obligation and you have to go to mass every week. And then when the pandemic hit and it's like, dispensation is yeah. not safe. I'm like, but I have to. And like, I did, I found that I was putting a lot of my identity into, you know, being a weekly regular, I guess, and having to find more ways to connect and have a relationship with Jesus. I think that was something that was like kind of lacking at the time of when the pandemic hit. So I was like, this isn't mass. Mass on TV is couch church. That's what we called it. Yeah. <laughs> it's hard. It's yeah, hard. I, mean, I can't even imagine having to like with your children like having them to like oh, not yeah. get sit comfortable. here and don't yeah. Yeah. sit up straight in your living room right <laughs> put, your, put a shirt on like yeah. <laughs> you can't wear your pajamas <laughs> can't have your coffee yeah no it was weird strange very strange but i also think uh it still provided an opportunity to find like kind of like you were saying fathers finding a different way to stop, not be a spectator anymore. Mm-hmm. I really like when you said that. I don't want to be a spectator anymore. I want to be like really active in it mm-hmm. and finding ways to not be passive about it. And even like, you know, Shannon and I had talked about starting this podcast long before we actually started it. And then it wasn't until we were like, pandemic had happened. We were feeling really dry in our faith that we were like, let's do this. And I feel like this has been so educational for me I guess yeah. and Rejuvenating I feel like and yeah I feel like I've learned even I'm a cradle Catholic but I feel like I have learned so much and grown so much closer to Christ in doing the research for the podcasts and in talking to you know other Catholic young adults and Catholic priests just because it's 
I think it was something that I was taking for granted, sharing my faith, like, personally, because I was doing the faith formation, doing the mass, and going to confession, and I was doing all the things, but I wasn't engaging. So I appreciate your perspective on that. Yeah, you're welcome. And we, we all have a gift to share, you know, that we're all uniquely made, right? And we have so much goodness and that we've received and that we happily share with others. And you never know, like, what it, it's going to impact somebody, you know, just listening. And for those listening now to this episode, right, it's like that you might also be encouraged in your own sharing and your own witness of your faith, right? doesn't matter if, like, you know, St. Paul, right? It's like the thorn on the side or if it's lips, uh, whatever, like a stuttering, like speech impediment like Moses or, you know, the sinfulness of Ruth or, you know, just like you go down the list of so many biblical characters but also um, people, men and women in history that have shared from their weakness, from their poverty, that have allowed them to, you know, by no merit of their own, but only because Christ shares it with us, that we can, you know, really be, yeah, be effective, be his hands and feet, and continue to help people stay encouraged and and not give up, right? And, like, not give up on the faith. I remember Father Mike Schmitz, I think, early on. He's, you know, kind of same, similar topic, like, why are people leaving the church or, like, not engaging with their faith? And he said it's like there's never a good enough reason to leave your faith or to abandon your faith, right? It's like, how much has the Lord restored and saved just in our lives or things that we've witnessed to? You don't think he's going to, you know, give us that jump start that we need, you know, yeah. if we don't ask for it, if we ask for it, like to be able to keep us, you know, engaged with him. I heard a talk once from Kristen Bird. I think she's from Burning Hearts Disciples. And she said that our faith life is not private, it's personal, but it's not private. Mm. So it's personal to each one of us because we are uniquely made, but we're called to share it, you know, with in the ways that we're comfortable with, you know, but it's not private. We're not meant to like just keep it to ourselves and not tell anybody about it or not share it with anybody because we're also made to be in community with one another and 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 open up and share our, you know, our personal faith lives because we are all sinners, so we are all struggling and can help get each other Shannon and I love the mountains mm-hmm. um you couldn't tell already <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and we we often describe our faith life as climbing up a mountain mm. like where are you on the mountain um, where are you on your hike in your faith life and you know maybe there's other people who are struggling in the same way that you're struggling on your hike and you can help get each other up the mountain or you have struggled with it in the past and you can help somebody who's struggling with it now or what uh, now i'm rambling but that's awesome <laughs> no that's great that's and that's you know part of the i think is pure giorgio forsati right to the heights yes, yes we love him, love him. <laughs> yeah shout out to pure giorgio and we did a whole episode on him <laughs> that's beautiful I remember I went to go see a friend of mine. Um, he was studying out in San Diego, and uh, Father Richard Pagano. He's a he's a co-host of the the Catholic talk show. Um, and he, I was seeing him. He was studying in in California in San, uh, the San Diego area, and he was, uh, I think he was going to go see like a family or something while I was visiting him. And I was like, "Listen, I want to see the sunset. Like, where can I go to see the sunset?" I was like, "Well, there's a beautiful trail like right by where where the parish where he was staying." 
and I could drop you off and then I could pick you up like afterwards, like after I finished seeing this family, just enjoy the trail and drop me off. And I was like in shorts and like some sandals and a t-shirt. Like I was not prepared for what was coming. <laughs> <laughs> he let you walk into this hike and totally, like, totally dropped me off at this, the, the beginning of this trail. <laughs> and then I started realizing how much vertical like oh challenges were, <laughs> were ahead oh of me. Gosh. Like just like, just these, uh, you know, these huge rocks that I had to climb and there was all these like, you know, warning, there's snakes and scorpions oh and, and coyotes. So what I get myself into? So like halfway up this, this thing, there's, and there's people like running around me, like, and like walking around me all in like hiking gear and like running gear. And there was a lady that she, she passed me and she, she saw I was struggling. Right. She's like, ya mero in Spanish. She's like, ya mero, you're almost there. And so I was like, okay, I'll keep going. Took a picture of like where I was. As I was walking up, um, there was a guy who was like kind of like my size too. His name was uh, Juan Carlos, but he introduced himself as JC. Oh, and cool. as I'm walking with him, um, he's a he's a, a f- uh, he was a film student. Now he's like a, like he directs movies, uh, small films, or short films. And then I'm just strike up a conversation with him as we're walking up. And then the lady like comes back. Like she just, she made it all the way to the top and she's on her way back. And she said it again. It's like, yeah, middle, like you're almost there. And as I'm walking with JC, like we're, we made it up, it was dark by the time we got up there. Um, but just an awesome experience of just like, I wanted to quit. I wanted to like, Called my friend and like, you know, curse him out and like, <laughs> <laughs> come pick me up now. Come pick me up. And, but I made it, I mean, I made it all the way up. Made it all the way down. It, it, was, it took longer. I mean, I enjoyed a little bit of the sunset, but it was, became more than just the sunset, you know. Um, it's just one of the experiences of like, yeah, like I, I needed those encouragements, like just to get through that. Um, and then walking with somebody else, like, was a huge, made a huge difference. Yeah. Um, so I love telling that story just because, like, That's you never know. Beautiful. Yeah. Father Tim Daly, he says, uh, he likes to like travel to different states, and he's. He'll text his former students. Like he was a campus minister at uh, Embry Riddle Aeronautical University. And you'd mm-hmm. ask him, like, what state are you in? And he's like, Oh, Father, I'm in Arkansas or I'm in Missouri. He's like, It's not what I mean. Are you in a state of mortal mortal sin or are you state of grace? <laughs> <laughs> That's private. Just kidding. It's private father. It's personal, Shannon. <laughs> so on a on a more, I guess, a s- somber note, changing the the direction of the conversation here. What's What's the most challenging part about being a priest? Yeah, so one thing that maybe like maybe Shannon, you could kind of uh, resonate a little bit with this, or just like maybe um, as a parent, right? It's like disappointing your kids, or like not feeling good enough, or like not, like not feeling like you're up to the challenge, or feeling that you've let down like my parishioners. Like that's that's for me, man. Like that's been a because I've experienced it, right? Like before I would have never have thought that that would be a challenge. Like just how to, how to respond to something like that because either you missed an appointment or because you weren't like engaged or like you weren't like really like present to a situation or whatever the case may be, like having to be humble and apologize admit and accept like I did this and I'm sorry. And then also like how to not to, it's it's not a PR move, right? It's like not to like keep face, but just like how can I learn? How can I help you like to recover from this or like help you to 
you know, either whatever, who can I connect you with? Like if it's a, you want to work with another priest or with somebody else in our staff, like that can help you address this. Like not to just like let it go and like yeah. just think it's like, oh, they're just being petty or being too, you know, un, un, under not understanding like my life, like putting it all on me, like that I'm the victim here. Like I think for me, it's like just taking ownership of just mistakes or, you know, not, not you know, um, they, like an off day or something like that. Yeah, I can definitely relate to that, especially because, and maybe they're like comparable vocations for a reason, you have to be on all the time and you have to be ready to be giving all the time. And I mean, even we talked earlier about filling your own cup and taking the time for yourself. But I mean, if something comes up, something comes up. So yeah, I can definitely relate to that. Yeah. And And not being able to say, well, I'm sorry, but I only got three hours of sleep last night or whatever and say it in a defensive way. I have a hard time with that, not being defensive. (laughs) Yeah. Because then for me, it's like, it's not just going to be about me. It's like, it's going to affect like how they then relate to other priests or the guy that comes after me. Yeah. Like that's, you know, you're almost preparing or you're maintaining like the, the relationship between the faithful and, you know, the priest. Like you, for me, it's like always a responsibility that I'm accountable for. Yeah. And not to make excuses to, you know, well, people need to be more understanding or like, I am only human or it's only natural. Like, no, nah, there's some things that are, are beyond me, things that are, are sacred and holy that I need to safeguard and and make sure that if, if I'm not up to it, like either refer out or get help or get training to yeah to be more, I guess, like, yeah, effective to meet those needs. I, I appreciate, you know, that you say that you have accountability to people um, as you know, Shane and I work with, we walk with, work with whatever, uh, a lot of teens and, and, you know, you hear stories all the time of either teens or other young adults who had one bad experience with a priest when they were 13 or, you know, when they were in college or whatever. And it like has totally shattered their faith in the institution of the church or whatever it is. And, so it's it's always encouraging to hear that like more often than not there are good priests who who take care of of their parishioners who take care of their flock and who have some sense of accountability to, and and are aware of like you know the way in which I you know speak to the people at my parish can affect them and then it affects the relationship with God and yeah. like their mm-hmm. their own like sustaining like you know with how they talk about with their family with their kids like you know they there's i mean i just heard enough of the stories of like i didn't baptize my kids or i didn't like they feel bad about it later you know they realize it's like whatever image i did have a a, a priest like i'm glad it was shattered i'm glad that it was like i went through that because now it helps me to realize like that it's like yeah you guys aren't robots or like you guys aren't like the these porcelain figures that my grandma would have like in her living room of these perfect <laughs> saints. Like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, and going back to the social media and I do follow you on uh, Instagram. And uh, the first time I saw one of your stories about your post workout, I was like, Oh, he goes to the gym. I'm like, well, I guess he's a person. <laughs> you know, yeah. like, like, <laughs> that he makes sweats. sense. <laughs> Look at that ugly comb over. <laughs> 
but to have that like human aspect because you're a human you know you're you're a man you're not jesus or god or anything or some celebrity like we were a little starstruck but i think that's important for you to emote out into the world that even though you can walk with these people and flock these people you're a person too so Mm -hmm. i appreciate that vulnerability i think Yeah, yeah absolutely that's a beautiful i love that word that's like my you know one that i struggle with right it's like to and having a, like a healthy level of discretion too right? mm-hmm. it's like i'm not going to put everything out there sure. like right personal life or just you know things that i and that's that's where you kind of blur the lines right so you you meet like a you know this crossroads of like okay like how much of this is going to where you like on social media, right? Like for example, like is this gonna lead people to Christ or is this gonna like lead people to me or like right make my image bigger or like get me more followers or like just for my own personal sake? For my well, age. I'll tell you for me, I was like my next run that I didn't want to do, I was like, Well, if Father Edwin can find time to like work out, I Let's think go. I could take thirty minutes to go. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> So yeah, it's just a, it's a good reminder. <laughs> yeah, that, yeah. At the end of the day, you know, the, the priesthood is such a, a special and necessary vocation, mm. and you know, one that we're not all called to. And at the end of the day, you're still just an ordinary Catholic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Then being a priest helps me to be, you know, that much more of a ordinary Catholic. You know that that's that's the vehicle that the Lord has chosen for me to, you know, to to journey with. Right. To like to manage it, to almost like, yeah, treat it like a little kid. And like, you know, it's like sometimes there's a kid in me that wants to rebel and that wants to act up or, you know, be selfish or not share my toys. But like I got to be able to like reprimand or like discipline yeah. or feed it like what it needs. Right. It's like to be able to, you know, yeah, be be an effective priest, be a priest that leads people to Christ. Um so yeah, we've we've just seen enough of you know just priests that were unhealthy or you know were just not really called to be priests to begin with you know that have messed things up for the church or for you know other priests and a lot of people priests have been priests and people right it's like I, I'm not one to you know just focus on the the victimization of priests or you know smearing the image of the church it's like no there's people that have actually been hurt by all these scandals and like that need yeah. help and need to be rehabilitated you know to to just be functioning you know adults you know in their in, the, in their own vocation so whatever I, part i can do to give people hope that's like the church has learned her lessons and like has been implementing things to keep, keep us accountable and keep us in line but without treating us like all like treating all of us like you know that we're that we're all like offenders you know yeah or or we're all the ones who were part of the problem you know just there's a healthy balance of like you want to because in the seminary they would give us like conferences on that just how to maintain like you know how to handle your own sexuality how to handle your own you know um you know boundaries and to be able to keep you healthy Keep you focused on what you're called to do. Yeah, you're not a a Borg or a mm-hmm. Cyberman with a hive mind. Do you get any of those references? Jan? Well, I know what those things are, so yeah, but I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> Star Trek and Doctor Who. No, you know this about me. <laughs> I just keep trying to bring it up, hoping that one day you'll understand all of my nerd jokes. 
Yes, I had time to watch all the Star Wars. No. Avengers. Star Trek. Sorry, oh. I even didn't know. <laughs> um, so we saved the most important question for last. What house are you in from Harry Potter? Wait, okay, I'm, before you answer this, so Father Edwin and I had a call before we filmed today, and I told him that we were going to be asking this question, and he, he said that he wasn't sure. So I think... We should guess what we think he is first, and then did you did you take a test? I did do a test yesterday, but I don't know how if I did the right one. I didn't understand any of the questions. <laughs> I was so lost. I was like, "How is this going to help me to figure out like what house I'm in if I can't even like understand That's the questions so or what I'm answering?" I'm like really curious what so, test you took now. I mean, y'all can guess, and then we'll see what what you know. I'll tell you what the test said. I, my guess is either Gryffindor or, or a Hufflepuff. Yeah, well, think. after spending this time with you, I would say Hufflepuff. But after that answer, I would say Slytherin, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> so what, what did it say? It did say Hufflepuff. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, that's the best. Say Hufflepuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Shannon is also a Hufflepuff. And I would say Jesus is also a Hufflepuff. All right, yeah, yeah. So just, I, I'm putting that out there. And you know, yeah. it's one of those things, it's like, I don't know why I'm a Hufflepuff. And like, but they're very I'm loyal. They're okay. very friendly. They... They're very caring, they're caring, very yeah. kind and patient. Yeah, they put that like friendship and loyalty and family above other things. Are you yeah. that? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. That makes sense. Cool. I would say Welcome so. to the team. <laughs> yeah, team Hufflepuff. <laughs> Do I have to get like a cape now or like a scarf? Is that? Um, if you would like to, they're yellow and black. Okay, <laughs> yellow and black. I can make that work. Get cool. Bishop Moore colors. Cool. Bishop you know? Moore colors. Yeah. Shout could, out to Bishop Moore. Yeah, you, could, you could rock the Hufflepuff tie at Bishop Moore. No. <laughs> <laughs> Someone did gift me two ties for Christmas. I was like, what am I going to do with I was, this? I wait, like, I just, I said tie and then I did wonder, like, can you wear a tie with your collar? Does it look really dumb? Nah, no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I, I don't, I can't think of an occasion where I would wear a tie. Maybe like. I guess maybe like the opera or something. Oh. Even then, like. So maybe the scarf is the way to go. Yeah, the scarf. I'll do the scarf. Yeah. I guess you could wear a cloak if you wore a cassock. You could wear the cloak over the cassock. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I've like gone a too far. Veil, like just <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure they have like a stole that you could wear on special occasions. The Hufflepuff stole. Yeah, uh, I don't know. <laughs> we've gone too far. <laughs> Priests have worn their university colors, yeah. their alma maters. Like, uh, I wouldn't do it during a liturgical function. I'm probably. <laughs> Save it for Halloween or that trip to Universal. Yeah. Yes. Now I feel like I need to go to the Wizarding World. Is that it? Yeah. Yes. Now that I know what house I belong to. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. I think it would be a different experience. I could see like somebody wearing black and yellow and be like, hey, brother. <laughs> Comrade. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> or just rewatch the movies and kind of through the lens of a Hufflepuff. Yeah, they are underrepresented in the movies, I would say. Yeah. Okay. Who's our like patron or like who's our hero? I'm new Luke to this. So. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Well, so Cedric Diggory is in uh the Goblet of Fire, he's a Hufflepuff. And then yes. Newt Scamander, he's in the, the Fantastic Beasts, he's also a Hufflepuff. So they're yeah, they're kind of minorly represented, but anyway. That's cool. I like an underdog. I like the yes. underdog story. Yes. Well, Father, we just want to thank you so much for taking time out of your, your busy schedule, which we kind of talked about earlier, is you, you do fill up those little pockets of time. So thank you for taking the time to come chat with us today and you know, share a little bit about your life and your vocation with, with all, of our, all of our fam listening. If you have any other questions for 
Father Edwin, uh, you can DM us on at an ordinary Catholic or where could they find you, Father Edwin? Yeah, so on IG, it's at FR underscore Edwin Cardona. Uh, that's or Father Father Edwin usually comes up. Um, my profile picture is a little uh, little painting of a priest. <laughs> so <laughs> it's so cute. Yeah, <laughs> I love it. Yeah, <laughs> 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 it was given to me for Christmas. So family commissioned it. I guess the whole painting is actually. I'm gonna do a post about it. Uh, so look out for that. Oh, we'll share it in our stories. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, and thank you for the opportunity. I'm so, so I was excited to get the invite and have enjoyed our time together. And may God continue to bless your, your podcast and your, your fa- everybody in your community that you may continue to grow in your identity, you know, and count on my prayers for all of you, my support. Hopefully I could win a giveaway one day. <laughs> <I know. laughs> You've entered everyone, but yeah, I won it's yet. all good. No privileges here, you know? <laughs> We're praying for you. Please pray for us. We'll see you in our prayers.